Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Well, shout out to all the dads that are out there, to everybody else. I want to say a very happy Father's Day weekend to you. Glad to have you here with us. Um, how many have heard of a man by the name of Aaron Rodgers before? Number 12, can I see your hands there? Okay. Um, for those who haven't, we're glad to have out-of-state guests with us and international attenders as well. Aaron had made this comment not too long ago. He'd just gotten engaged, and he then said this. He said that he looked forward to fatherhood as the next great challenge. Now, I don't know if he doesn't think marriage is going to be a challenge or not for him that way, but when he says, yeah, fatherhood will be my next great challenge, some of the dads in here are probably thinking what I'm thinking, which is, Aaron, you have no idea, no idea of what you're getting to and what a challenge it can be. And it's to that end that I want to bring to us this weekend two very specific challenges that I hope are going to help and bless each and every one of us that are here. Now, there will be a special Father's Day um, emphasis that goes with it, but I think you're going to find that these challenges are something that all of us need and lean into. So, first challenge that I want to put before us is for those who have a father. So, can I just check real quick? How many here have had a father? Okay, kind of what I, yeah, what I was expecting there. How many of your dads are still alive today? Okay, great. Glad, glad to see that. How many know a dad or a grandfather that could use a word of encouragement in their life? Okay, so this is going to be, this is all set up for us. So here's challenge number one. It will be to honor. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment that's given with a promise. Now, this challenge actually is lifted just right out of the pages of Scripture. For me, this challenge was just that. It was the first real faith challenge that I faced after becoming a Christian. And truth be told, it really has been a challenge for a lot of my life that way. Just one example of it. Um, Shortly after I became a Christian, I started attending church. There in church, I heard that Jesus asked for everyone that's received him to be baptized with believers' baptism. I never heard that before in my life. But in fact, that's exactly what Jesus asked of us. So when I heard that, I'm like, well, that's what Jesus asked, then I'm in for it. So I went to Pastor Martin, and I said, Pastor Martin, I am ready to be baptized with believers' baptism. And he said, guy, that's great. But what do your parents think about that? Because he knew that my parents weren't Christians. And I'm like, I have no idea what my parents think about it. I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, why would I even care what my parents think about it? And he said, you should probably ask them. And I'm like, okay. So I went there and I um, told them, this is what I want to do with Believer's Baptism. And my parents were adamant, I mean, adamantly opposed to me going ahead and doing that. So I went back, to, went back to church, told Pastor Martin, I said, yeah, my parents don't want me to get baptized with believer's baptism, but I'm ready to anyway, so let's, uh, let's just go ahead and do it. He's like, um, I'm not sure that's the best idea. I'm thinking like, hey, if that's what Jesus wants, then I'm, just, I'm ready just to move ahead with that. 
And he reminded me, he said, you know, it's Jesus that's also the one that said that you should honor your father and your mother. And honestly, I was just frustrated. I was so frustrated that my parents were keeping me from doing something that I wanted to do, and I had something that was a good thing. And for me, obeying my parents had always been just an optional thing anyways. I mean, if it was convenient, I'd consider doing it, but I mean, I was not known for the person of obedience. But I waited. It was just before going to college that my parents came up to me and said, Guy, we've been watching you. Now I'm thinking to myself, like, nah, no surprise, you're always watching me. They said, we've been watching you. And we know what is going on in your life is real. Can't say that we understand it, but we know that it's something real. So if you want to go ahead with this believer's baptism thing, then, you know, we think that that's fine to be able to do. So when I did, my parents did not come out for that believer's baptism. But about 10 years later, my mom trusted Jesus. Now, it took my dad about 45 years before he trusted Jesus. So with this challenge, for some that are here, I know it, it is not a stretch in any way for you. It's not much of a challenge for you to honor and to bless your dad. For others, that's just not the case, is it? And whether it's baggage of the past, whether it's some father failures that have gone on, but for whatever reason, even for me saying it right now, you're just thinking like, well, you know, I hope the second challenge is better than the first because I'm not doing the first one. But I want to ask you, would you, if your dad is alive, would you this weekend find a way to honor and to bless him. See, here's the action step, the action question that we are going to put in front of ourselves. We're going to ask it, and we're going to act on it. The question being this, how could I, how could I honor, how could I bless my dad this weekend for Jesus? And now let's take action on it. I'm not limiting to this weekend, but this weekend for sure that we're going to act on it. That's the first challenge. Now, the second challenge, again, it's for everyone here, but it is especially for you if you are a dad. And the challenge is that you would be an example. That you will be an example to all believers in what you say, in how you live, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. Now, the word example, when I say you need to be an example, the word example here is the word tupas. Tupas means to leave an imprint, or it means to leave an impression that's left in or on something. Just this month, I was able to um, put in a little patio area in our backyard here, something for our um, barbecues to be able to have a proper place for. Because when you have two green eggs and, you know, a Traeger, and in addition to that, just an extra Komodo grill that's there, and it's true, yes, I do have all of those. Um, we put in this, this patio for this actual barbecue, um, I mean, um, grilling place to be... Um, <laughs> be set up that way and the concrete is stamped so stamped concrete if you're not familiar with that 
And the process they go through is they'll pour, they pour the slab, and when the concrete is hardening, they'll take mats. And you'll see them, you see them there, they'll take these mats, and they put them into the concrete, and they actually will walk on them. And that, you know, this impression is being left there. So when the mat is then taken up, there is an imprint, there is a tupas that is left there for the entire lifetime of it. And I think you're going to see real quickly how this connects with us and our children. Every dad is an example to your children. You may be a good example, you may be a bad example, but there are impressions that you are leaving. We want to be leaving good impressions, and Seth is able to share just a little bit about how that took place in his life. Listen to what Seth had to say. Growing up, my dad was, um, he was always there. He was there. Um, he was my coach. Um, he's, he is one of my best friends to this day. Um, we spent so much time um, in batting cages and training baseball. And then as I got older, I mean, we rebuilt a car together. Um, we took motorcycle trips. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing, my dad was there. Um, while we, me and my dad were rebuilding this car, me, my dad, and my grandpa all actually got to be part of it. Um, we were just sanding and doing body, like, body work as much as we could do without the knowledge. It's one of those ones that I, I remember. Like, I can remember the smells. I can remember everything that was going on. And, I mean, it's not something super special by any means, but it's one of those ones that's firmly implanted in my mind. One of the big things that my dad has taught me and all my sisters and brother is that um, having a Jesus-centered life and a Jesus-centered family is it's the most important thing. Because if you have that Jesus-centered life and the Jesus-centered family, um, the generosity becomes easier. That's something that I want to continue passing forward, like that Jesus-centered mentality where the focus is not just here, it's eternal. So the role of dad is huge. Um, knowing that your dad loves you, which I, there was never a day that I doubted that my dad loved me. Um, I hope that my kids will say that same thing, um, that they never doubted for one moment that their dad loved them, because I do. That's an awesome story, isn't it? Can we just thank Seth for his... Great example, Seth is dad of that tupas that we want to be taking place in our lives. Though we know from experience, sometimes we've had a little bit more to overcome with some of the impressions that our dad has been leaving um, with us. And so Aaron's story, it's just a little bit different, but again, as a young father and wanting to do and to be that impressor with his kids, um, here's how he talks about his, um, his growing up. So listen to, listen to Aaron now. My name's Aaron Schneider. I'm a dad to three little kids. Um, my wife and I live in Delfield, Wisconsin. And the relationship with me and my dad has, uh, is something that I couldn't describe in a short story. You know, it would definitely take uh, all the years to really detail it out. Um, it's had many great years, and it's also had its challenges. I think, like a lot of father-son relationships, I've learned a lot from it. Growing up, 
Uh, my dad was uh, more than just like a friend. Uh, he was definitely a mentor. I looked up to him. I took on a lot of his personality. Uh, we would have been jokesters for sure. My mom would have would, would attest that we probably picked on her too much. But that was our, you know, with a little bit of sarcasm, um, sitting around the dinner table. That's that's why I, I picked up from him is just to enjoy, you know, the experiences you were having. And uh, he just had a really great um, demeanor that you wanted to be around him, and I did too, I guess, as a son. My mom was one that kind of led us to church, and we'd go as a family, but often it was mom and the kids. And when it came to time for, you know, praying about things, my mom would leave that to those opportunities for us. And then as my parents' uh, marriage deteriorated and ended up in divorce, I saw my dad really struggle with having that community around him that I thought was really so valuable through my church community. And he just didn't have that. And now having kids of our own, Ashley and I, it was something I knew that I wanted to let my kids know that, hey, I have this relationship with Jesus. I want you to have that too, because it is so valuable. It has been everything to how I make the decisions through fathering my kids and through our marriage and knowing that my kids can always count on Jesus whenever anything is going wrong. And then the community that comes with being connected with the church was something I knew I wanted to instill for my kids to have. My dad now has seen how I've done that with my kids and he's seen that opportunity for him to draw closer to Jesus, to draw closer to his relationship with God and, and see the other people in his community that are also in that same spot and now he, he actually participates more with online church than in-person church, but that is a great step for him to have that resource now um, living alone and being at home. So, Totally cool. And um, Aaron's dad may be participating more with online church because Aaron is one of our directors um, of that. And, you know, just being drawn again to that good example that he could be at this point. Because the example that we live is going to be that lasting imprint that on our kids. One of the things I love about this challenge that comes from God, and it's from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 7, is it's just really specific. You know, these five things that God said, here's how you can be that example and that I want for you to be able to be as well. This type of example, it's about influence. It's not about control. I mean, we like to think that we're in control, you know, with our kids and with our family, which is kind of an illusion anyways, but the older they get, influence is something that lasts a lifetime. So I'd encourage you to uh, screenshot this verse, just kind of, you know, tuck it away, but we're just going to go through them really quickly and just kind of touch and check up on ourselves with how we're doing and how can I be that type of example that is going to leave the impression that I want to leave on those that are looking, that those are watching. Again, it's for everybody, but dads, I really want you to be able to lean in with me on this. So five different ways. Start in the first way. The first way that we're going to be an example is by what we say. This is interesting, I think, that it didn't start out with our actions or example, but it's like be an example in what you say. It may be because life and death are in the power of our tongues. And we are either going to be breathing life or we are going to be speaking death into our kids that way. Long before they ever pay attention to our example, that is when they're really young, they are listening to what we say. And even more so, they not only listen to what you say, but how you say it. 
Because you can say the right thing because you may be correcting your kids and all of our kids need corrections at times, right? You may be correcting your kids, but if you're doing it with anger, if you're doing it with sarcasm, then rather than being a help, it actually works just the opposite that way and becomes words of death. How many grew up in a home that there was, maybe there's just a lot of yelling that went on or cursing that went on or sarcasm was there? Anybody, you know, experienced that growing up in your homes? I mean, certainly, yeah. If you did, then here's what you know. You know how those words, like, they penetrate and they cut? Well, at the same time, you're putting up this barrier to ignore and protect yourself from what is being said. So in being the example, we want to make sure that we are speaking words of life, but speaking them in a way to be able to be received, and so that those words of encouragement leave that imprint for our kids. That's number one. Number two, the way that we're going to be an example, is by how we live. Because the older your kids get, the more that they're impressed by what you do. I'm not saying that they're impressed by what you do. I'm talking about the impression that you're leaving on them. The more that they're impressed by what you do. It's so easy for our actions to actually invalidate our words. If you are with us a couple weeks ago, you'll remember me saying this. That hypocrisy destroys. If you're saying one thing and you're living a different thing, then that's just going to undercut everything. Our kids, young, older, our kids follow in our footsteps. And the things that we do, it just leaves that impression on it. If I have, if I'm carrying cash with me, so if I've got got cash in my wallet, if I've got just cash in my pocket, I can guarantee you it is always laid out in the exact same way. It'll always go from the smallest to the largest. Everything is facing the right way. Because when I was seven years old, my dad saw that I had some cash there, and it was just kind of disheveled. He goes like, hey, guy, let me show you what to do. You always put it this way, this way, so you don't make any mistakes that way. He told me that one time. And I could not, not keep my cash in the exact way that he had instructed me in that way, just with that example that was there. They follow in our footsteps. You may have said or heard somebody say at some point, I will never, I will never be like my dad. I will never be like my mother. Anybody ever heard somebody say that before? Heard them say that? And in almost every case, the person that says that is what? They are just like them. Maybe not in the exact same way, but in the same path or the same footsteps They are just like them. Why is that? Because the example of how we live leaves a deep impression. How are you impressing with those that are looking to you for your example? So what I say, how I live, three, is in love. And when it comes to love, and I just want to lean into it, especially with with dads that are here. When it comes to love, you need both to show it and you need to tell it that way. You need to love your kids in a way that they are going to be able to understand and connect. And to do that, understanding our kids love language, if you don't happen to know what yours is, here's a gift that I want to give you. So if you've got your phones with you, use that QR code. And again, just you know, open up the app that's on there. And you're going to find a love language tab. 
Click that, and you can take the quiz for your young children's love language, your older children and teenagers' love language. They've got one for your spouse on there. They've got one for, you know, single. So if your you know, kids are older and adults, if you just kind of work through that, have them take it, share it with you, or you just kind of work through that with them, you're going to know what the way that they are going to be able to experience that love in their life. It's going to make all the difference in the world. But don't stop with just their love language, regardless of what that is, would you verbally communicate your love to them? It wasn't until my dad was on his deathbed that I heard him say the words, I love you. I'm not sure if that was never you know, expressed to him growing up or what the reason um, for that was. Now, there's never a doubt that I knew my dad loved me, but just never would, um, would never say it. When I was an adult and I'd say to him, hey dad, I love you, he'd say, or sometimes he'd go, yeah, maybe, okay. And for whatever reason, it just wasn't reciprocated that way. And those, that, you know, the one time, at least I remember that he said that, you know, before he died. Again, it was just these words of life. I don't know if you were um, you know, if that was expressed to you when you were growing up or not. And if it wasn't, then I want you to break a generational thing that was going on and begin sharing that with your kids, with your family, with those that are closest to you. Again, words of life and how we love. So let's go to number four. So we said, we need to be an example to pass in what we say, how we live, in our love. And number four is with our faith. So if you happen to be a person of faith, here's what I want to ask you to do. If you are a person of faith, you be somebody that's received Jesus, would you be intentional about sharing your faith story? How did you happen to receive Jesus? How is it that God is working in your life? How are you growing as a Christian or in your faith right now with your kids? Would you share with them some of the things that you struggle with? Would you talk about your doubts? Yes, your doubts with your kids, because that's all a part of your faith story. And as you begin to share this with them, that is the impression that will last a lifetime. If you're not necessarily a person of faith, you go like, I don't know, I'm not really sure what I believe, or I'm not, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, maybe you're you know, kind of neutral, or it's, you know, just in the background that way, I want to just call you up to making this a priority, if for no other reason, for the example that it could be with your kids. Would you figure out, what is it that you believe about God? Do you know who the real Jesus is and what he's done? And you go like, I'm not really sure where to start, or I've had some bad experiences with that in the past. I want to just invite you to join with us in either what we would refer to as starting point or an alpha um, opportunity around here. They're just groups that will meet together. We usually do them every month. And you can come together with other people that are just looking to like, how do I start faith? How do I figure this faith thing out? People bring their questions. It's safe. It's non-judgmental. But it can make all the difference in the world to you and what it will do with and for your kids as well. God's desire, and this was mentioned a little bit earlier, but God's desire for every one of us 
is that we would become a child of his. John was Jesus, one of Jesus' closest disciples. And he recorded these words for us, these words from Jesus, that as many as would receive him, that is Jesus, to those individuals, God himself gives the right or the authority to become children of God. The reason that Jesus came, did what he did, went to the cross, is risen again, all of that is to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. That is when we, if we will step into a relationship with God through what Jesus has done for us, that's where our faith begins. So I want to encourage you, do it for you, but then also do it for your kids as well in helping them along the way. So, an example. In what I say and how I live, in love, in faith, and the last one, is in purity. Now that one may just, you just go like, that is an odd one to be in there. It may just strike you that way. But the more you think about this, the more it's going to dawn on you just how practical and how real to life God and his word is for us. The word purity, it refers to um, a freedom from any life-controlling or life-dominating sin that would be in our life. So it could be an addiction, it could be anything that has just got control over you that way. Now, if when you hear purity, you're thinking like sexual purity, that would also be like right in the bullseye of what is being referred to here. And this is what is so important, again, especially for the dads that are here with us, that we're an example in purity for those that are looking to us. Because, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, we live in this super hyped up, sexualized society. It's in our culture. I mean, it's in the books, it's in the media, it's in the movies, it's in TV. I mean, every single one of us, every one of our kids has pornography at our fingertips. We've got it. It's right there on our phone. It's right there on the internet. It is a billions, billions, and billions of dollar industry every year. And it is aggressive aggressive in how it is marketed and being pushed to us and pushed at us. It's almost impossible not to get any exposure to it. So if we are not talking about this with our kids, if we're not sharing with them, um, you know, just what does purity look like sexually in the day and age in which we live? What are some of the problems that sex can bring to us in our lives? What are some of the confusions that are out there? What about, you know, the, the guilt? What are the things that just, you know, they, they just stick with you? It gets an imprint on us as well. And as so many of us know, it's like, I don't want that to be the burden that my child boy, girl, that they have to carry with them in our lives, which is why it's so important for us to be that example. If we're not right now, it's like, what if I am one that's just kind of caught up in this or another addiction that way? Then one of the reasons that we want to just like step into, God, would you help me with this? Is because we can be perpetuating a generational sin that's going on in our family. It, this may have been going on for several generations and you, have, you were caught up in it. 
Who is going to be the ones to break the generational sins that are there? And I'm so glad that we have a church that, you know, there's, there's just, there's help. There's hope for whatever it is that we might be struggling with, drugs, alcohol, you know, the, any of the, the sexual complicators that are, that are out there as well. And it's something that we can be an example. There is nothing, hear me, there is nothing that God asks us to be an example in that we can't be. This is something that all of us can be. And the question is, will we? Two challenges this weekend. Here they are. Number one, Will you, will you honor and bless your father? And number two, will you be a good example? Because everybody's an example. But will you be a good example for those that are looking to you in these five ways? I want you to say them with me. Ready? I'll be an example in... What I say, how I live in love, in faith, and in purity. All right, let's try it together. Ready? And we'll start with this way. I'll be an example. Ready? I will be an example in what I say, how I live, in love, in faith, and in purity. And if tonight you are ready to open yourself up to the saving grace of Jesus and become a child of God. I can't think of a better time than to open yourself up to God our Father than on a Father's Day weekend. So would you pray with me? God, thank you that you call us up to that which is going to make a difference in our life and it's going to make a difference in the lives of those who look to us as well. We make these commitments before you even though they may be hard and I hope life changing to us as well and I pray that you'll just Holy Spirit make your impression on us now for those Jesus that are ready to put their faith and trust in your death on the cross for their sin and in repentance ask you for your forgiveness and trust in the power of your resurrection if that is you that's your prayer and desire tonight. Can I just ask you, would you lift a hand saying, Guy, tonight I would like to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Just lift it up and hold it there for a second for me. Yeah, God bless you. Thanks. Others, you can just wave at me if I don't see you. Thank you, Jesus, for these that are saying yes to you. I pray that your grace is going to be unmistakable in their lives. Thanks again. We pray all these things in your name. And everybody in agreement said, amen. amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.